Congratulations, you made it to the X-Fill. You can relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me, as always, is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us on that journey. We're back to hideout keeping. The very first comment that we got on the last shortest hideout keeping ever was where did hideout keeping go? <laughs> Which, again, we knew that, like, for the most part, again, hideout keeping is here to update people on things, to welcome new people, to let everyone know what's going on. And we do have a massive announcement uh, this week on it. We just thought it was really funny that the first YouTube comment was about hideout keeping. But a couple things. Uh, first, the small one, then the big one. The small one is the great Discord migration has begun. Uh, you probably noticed that a bunch of new sections have shown up, and we're starting to bring in the other uh, podcast and other sections and segments that we do. So there's a segment in for hardware. There's a segment for the Winner Winner podcast. Uh, XP Media is going to be all under one branch so that we don't have to manage three or four different discords. We can manage one, especially if we decide and we sort of have nothing to announce yet, but on other IPs from us coming out in the future. That's the small one. The big one is we have something very, very cool happening with XP Media and the Winner Winner podcast, the PUBG podcast that we do. We actually built a PC and we created a YouTube series of us building it. So if you want to build a PC, we've actually built it live. Uh, Ronald and I sat in a room together and built it. We built it. He built it. I've never done it. He showed me how to do it. And I asked a bunch of dumb questions. You can laugh with me or at me, whatever you choose. But then we optimized that PC for PUBG. We talked about the prioritization of upgrades for that PC. And then the biggest part of all of it, we're actually giving that PC away. And you, the Xfil community, can also enter in that giveaway. So look for those details soon. It's got a awesome case. It's a $1,200-ish rig. The case is a beautiful 1 of 2,000 PUBG limited edition case. But ultimately, for somebody, it's going to be hopefully a wonderful upgrade. And it's our way of giving back to the communities that have supported us so well uh, through the last couple of years. So we're excited to launch that. Look for those details soon. Uh, let's see. Best thing you can do to help us on this show, uh, share it with a friend. Let somebody know if they're new to the game, just starting out, need some help, invite them to the community. Let them know what we do here at the Xfil. We also have direct support options through Patreon. Um, and then if you're looking for me specifically, you can find me on Twitch. You can find me on Twitter at MTBTrigger. And you can always reach out to me in Discord as well. So with that, Ronald, how are you, man? Let these fine folks know how they can get in touch with you as well. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm doing great. Good to be back with you in the Xfil this week. So the best way to get in touch with me is always in Discord. A couple of things about that. You can send me a DM directly. I answer those all day long, and I'd love to talk to you. Now, one thing specifically in Discord, we've added a hardware section to talk about your hardware questions, about your PC, about software, whatever. If you have a question about your PC, if you're looking for some optimization tips and tricks, that's where I'll be hanging out, answering those kinds of questions. We've also added a YouTube series called Tech XP. And the goal of this series is to make quick YouTube videos in the five to 10 minute range to answer specific questions and give you specific things that you can do, step-by-step -step guides, basically. And so if you have a question and if enough people have a question, maybe I'll make a quick video on it just to put it out there so that it can help as many people as possible. But come check out the hardware section. If you're having trouble with your PC, drop a line there. Happy to help you out. You can also find me on Twitter at Ronald Gaming. As always, you can follow me there, send me a DM. And as always, you can email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. Also, during the week when MTB is streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash mtbtrigger, I'll be hanging out in chat on the afternoons, most afternoons, just talking, hanging out, answering questions there as well. 
We also want to talk about, we've got a new Patreon tier that is something that we're kind of excited about, actually, because we've heard you. We've heard a lot of you talk to us about Patreon and say that, you know, it, 10 bucks or whatever, 10 bucks is, is a lot. And we understand that times are really crazy. And so we'd like to talk about this. We had this idea that was actually given to us by somebody else saying, you know, why don't you just create a dollar option on Patreon? Because there's so many people that a dollar a month to support the show would be no big deal. And first of all, it's pretty cool that people would think about doing that in the first place. We're very humbled. And second of all, if that's something that appeals to you and you, you could spare a buck a month to support the show, if we had every listener do that, we'd be able to at least improve the equipment. I don't know about the quality of the commentary, <laughs> but at least the at least the equipment would go up for sure. That 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 that'd be for sure. So, anyways, want to throw that out there for you. It's gonna be on Patreon. Uh, check it out if it's something that interests you. And to those of you that already support us on Patreon, thank you, thank you. We appreciate each and every one of you. It's just awesome that people are, give their real life money to this kind of thing, and we very much appreciate it. I was just going to say, you know, it, we're learning as we go through this, guys, and we we really do appreciate it. And part of it was we kind of took the Twitch model, right? Twitch dollar was $5 a subscription, so that's what we set up Patreon as. And someone was like, hey, man, you should put this $1 up because if everybody that listened to the show put a dollar into it, uh, that would that make a difference was the question that was asked to us. And there's thousands of you guys that listen to the show, which still just blows our mind. And so the truth is that if everybody gave a dollar, that would be, I would say life-changing because it would let us do a tremendous amount of stuff that we've, we've dreamed about doing. And it's not that we expect it, but uh, that's the honest answer to that question is it would make a huge difference in doing a number of things. So for those of you that already support there, thank you. Just know that that option is there. And if you take advantage of it, we'll, uh, we'll greatly appreciate you doing so. Yep. So look for that. And the link to Patreon will be down in the description of the audio and YouTube for that matter. Well, all right, let's jump into today's show. We want to talk about the recent Tarkov TV and 12.8 topics that are floating around out there. Give some, kind of our take on that. And the first section we'd like to get into would be the general changes that would be made. So what do we got, Trigger? I think uh, the big ones that are out there is the inventory sort. So I guess that would fit into the general category. And then also the color settings that have been talked about. So basically, there's going to be a button that will sort all of your inventory by type in the most efficient way possible. So this could be really, really cool. It could also blow up. <laughs> like, I love like the sort mechanics in other games for bags. The only thing I see with this one where it may not work is that just how things rotate and how things fit into rigs and stuff like that. So these could be really cool. I'm, I'm excited that they're trying to put this in. I remember hearing about this on the first Tarkov TV podcast that I watched uh, almost a year ago. So it's really cool to see this one coming out. And I think it could save a tremendous amount of time uh, in raids. Yeah, I think stash management is an interesting and not game-breaking thing that they could do a lot with. You know, it's outside of raid. It doesn't affect necessarily your ability to play better. It just reduces the amount of time that you're not actually playing the game outside of raiding. So this is pretty cool. I think it depends largely on what mechanic they use to sort things from best to worst, because I wonder... Who decides that? Tarkov is such a relative thing with items that may not be as straightforward as, as you might think, but I definitely think it's a good first step and the ability, especially for a new player, like I always think about Tarkov through the perspective of, you know, I've had Tarkov for five minutes. What am I doing with this big pile of stuff in my stash? And if there was some kind of thing to help a new player navigate in the early stages, especially before you have the flea market, before you really know anything about what's going on, I think it could really be a plus. I do too. And I guess I'm excited to see how it starts out and where it goes because there's already a very high skill ceiling when it comes to looting and what parts to take off of guns, what can you sell, what's actually not worth anything that looks like it might be worth something. And lowering or making it more efficient in any way 
for players in raid, out raid, etc. I think just can bring that skill gap a little bit closer. I think the manual speed that you can sort with and pull stuff off of players' guns and their inventory will probably still reign supreme. There'll probably be efficiencies that can't happen through the auto sort that could cause you missing some value or or it just won't work quite right. But I think overall, this is a good thing for the entire player base, which is the changes that I love to see. The ones that don't negatively impact anybody, but can help a lot of people. So this is great. I think this is a really good change. The next thing we have on the list is a new graphic option, this experimental option, the high quality color on and off. So who knows what that means to them? <laughs> Well, I guess we'll just have to see, turn it on and see how bad it crushes our graphics cards, except for those uh, two people that got real 3080s before the bots got them all. I, I always love these because when they talk about them and they're like, it could help performance. <laughs> it's always, it could, it could help. <laughs> or your computer could start on fire. One of the Correct. other. Yes. One or the other. Uh, we got some new cosmetics. Uh, so there's pictures of those. You can go check those out. For both Bear and Usex, so make sure you check that out. The Colt Pistol is a new M45A1 is coming into the game, which I think is really cool. And personally, the Colt is a firearm that when I was actually working in an outdoor store back in Colorado before I moved to Minnesota, there were guys that worked at my store that collected Colt pistols. So I actually have seen some incredible 45 caliber Colts in a massive collection. And it's one of those guns that for me carries that personal kind of nostalgia for when I got to hold and and handle those and hear the story behind where Colts came from and and just see that collection in front of me. So this is kind of really cool. I don't know how big of an impact on the game it's going to make, but for me personally, it's kind of cool. But I don't think it's the biggest weapon addition that's coming to the game, or at least the one that most people are going to care about. And I've got a feeling that you, sir, want to talk about the gun that is getting a little bit of an upgrade with this patch. The Vepper Hunter with a new stock, which is cosmetic. I don't know if it'll change the any of the important stats, but the Silencer. I think is going to be, oh, the, the Tears of Tarkov, I think is what we'll have to call the episode <laughs> where we talk about the fallout from this gun. But I actually am pretty excited because I really like when you can take a early game gun, something that basically everybody gets off of a scav, and there are ways that you could potentially make it incredibly competitive. I, I think Tarkov is great in the variability that it offers for that. And I think that having a silencer on you know, arguably a a long range gun like this could be really, really interesting on, say, customs as you're tasking in the early game and you're being forced to do things that you don't understand, which is fine. That's the game. That's the way the game is. I'm not saying that that's bad. What I'm saying is that having something like this in your kit allows you to be able to be much more competitive than if you just had, say, a stock 8R from a scab, right? Or a stock, well, Mosins are Mosins, but without a scope, you know, a Mosin without a scope or something like that. But I'm excited for this gun. I actually am pretty excited to play around with it. I think it's going to be a fun gun to have in the game. What do you think? I think it's a great opportunity for us to learn if Nikita cares about our feelings or not. Because if it shows up, on a scav with a suppressor on it, Nikita does not care about our feelings. Because <laughs> like people already get frustrated when they get killed by a scav that has the Vepper. And so if, it, if you get a scav with a suppressed version of it, like <laughs> it just cracks me up because it's kind of like the thing that, you know, no one really is asking for this. But everybody, when they get the scab that has a suppressed Vepper Hunter, is going to be like, oh, it's on. It is. We're going to town with this thing. <laughs> so I'm laughing for my future pain is what it boils down to. Well, let me ask you this. I actually think it's going to make it interesting for high level and high skill players. The scab fights could be fun, depending upon how hard it is to figure out if a scab is snipering you with one of these things. I think that they already are that way. Like when you get anything with a suppressor, like the um, the 76239 Vepper can come suppressed on a scab. So I think 
if it's another alternative on your scav, like it's it's just one of those things that's going to make you look twice. Like, ooh, maybe I should go to this map. Maybe I should go to customs because I got the silence vepper hunter on a scav, or maybe I should go check out that map that I'm not as comfortable on, or or whatever. It, it could add a lot of options. I think what it does is it takes a gun that is very good in the early game, it's very good in the late game, and it just gives it some upgrade ability that it didn't really have. Because you kind of got a Vepper Hunter, you slap whatever dovetail scopes on it, and you went from there. Now, if you get a Vepper Hunter, you can be like, ooh, I can slap a suppressor on this, and it's probably not going to be a super expensive upgrade, but now you really have a gun that you can run around at the end game. And you already could, like the Vepper is a powerful weapon, but this just gives it that next little kick uh, where maybe it wasn't the best, but now it's suppressed. So this this one's going to be really interesting to see, one, like what the trades are for the silencer, if it's trades, if it's fine and raid only, and just how common the suppressor is for it. So that I think that's going to be pretty cool to see. I like the Vepper. I think it's a great, like... I don't know if you're if you're not using the Vepper, I think it's a fantastic gun already. Or if you're like, you know what, I've got to go run this map and I don't know what to take in. The Vepper is great because if you need to shoot it quick because someone scares you close range, boom, you got it. And if you need to take some long distance shots with it, you can because it's a seven six two by five one. It's a it's a great gun and it's just getting an upgrade. So I actually think it's kind of cool that it's getting a silencer. Uh, but I know that I'll be upset a couple times and that's okay. I think it's good, though, for the high-level players to have something interesting to be a threat. And I think that that keeps the game engaging for, you know, the high-time players, too. Because just as much as we want to make sure that people get into the game, we want them to stay in the game. Right. So if you have a a fight where you engage in a bunch of scabs, you may be a little bit more interested in going over and seeing what loot there is or, or versus just letting it go because who cares, right? Right. So they're also adding the uh, Caltech RFB, which is another 762 by 51 rifle, which uh, personally I'm not familiar with that, but I do think that that caliber has room for some more rifles, so I think that's good. And then we're also getting some new handguards as well. So again, not anything that I know a whole lot about, but I guess from my perspective, I think adding in another 762 by 51 rifle is a good thing because right now we just don't have that many, so the Caltech RFB is an interesting gun. It's actually one that I would love to have in real life. <laughs> it's an interesting rifle. The magazine is actually behind the trigger, so it's a it's a different kind of a gun. I'm really curious in game how the ergonomics of the gun are going to work because you're holding it, you know, the the heavy part of the ammo is closer to your chest in the real life version of the gun instead of being farther out. And so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this gun. So I'm I'm actually really excited for this one. Interesting. I'm looking at the picture right now. And yeah, I, I see that. That's really interesting. I And knowing them though, like knowing BSG, I would imagine that the ergonomics will actually reflect the real life usability of this. The find that's really interesting. It kind of looks like a, a beefed up like P90. Kind of cool. Yep. I mean, it's a, it's a 308, you know, so it's a standard kind of hunting kind of rifle, but it's meant to have a lot of accessories on it. It's actually, it's a really, really cool gun. So I, I like Keltec stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I'm excited to mess with that. I always like the new guns when they come in because, you know, now when a new gun gets added, I'm like, ooh, I want, I want to go check it out. Whereas when I first started, I was like, how in the world am I going to know all, <laughs> all of these guns? So it's, it's kind of cool when they're adding these new ones. On the uh, subject of adding new stuff in the game, though, we're getting a bunch of new backpacks. We're getting some new helmets, a new headset, some tactical rigs. <laughs> I was just laughing because, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it's the RYS-T. So is it the wrist T, right? Wrist? Wrist? Wrist. Correct me, please, in the comments. Let me know how to say it. It looks similar to the Alton. At the first second that I saw it, I was like, it's the PUBG helmet. And I know y'all are going to hate me for saying that, but I was like, yes, look at that. It's there. They specifically said that it is or it's not. I don't now. I don't know. I'm just going to say this. I'm excited because this looks a whole heck of a lot like the helmet in PUBG, which again, you all know I have a very big personal attachment to, but it's going to be uh, more expensive than the Alton. And the funny part is I thought I heard that this wasn't the helmet that's in PUBG. And then some of the notes uh, say that 
it is the helmet that's present in PUBG. So either way, it looks like it. That's all I really care about. You know for sure if this is the exact model of the helmet that's rendered in PUBG. Again, let us know. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I think it's cool. So that's the one that that jumps out to me. Is there any of these backpacks or other helms or anything that, that you're excited for? The armor looks kind of interesting. It's just a flat black armor. It's a class five some kind of steel plate based armor. So I'm not exactly sure on the details of it, but I like the way it looks. I mean, I imagine it'll function uh, very similar to like a slick or, you know, to a Giselle or something, but I like the aesthetic of it. They always seem to add stuff to scavs, you know, new, basically throwaway stuff so that if you're starting with nothing, you can end up getting that, you know, that basic first kind of stuff. So I would expect we'll see something about that. Now, this is this 30 slot Iberstock backpack, which that's kind of interesting to me. It seems like pretty standard stuff, just more of the same. Yeah, I, I guess the headset's the one that I'm sort of sitting here like. When the Razer headset came out, I used it a handful of times. It wasn't drastic enough of a difference to me to like, I need to buy the Razer all the time. Some people use the Razer exclusively now. And so I think the headset, like if I was going to talk to anybody about what to really pay attention to here, the new helmet that's going to be more expensive than the almond, the almond, the Alton, um, the wrist, I'm going to call it the wrist from now on. I'll never be able to unsay that. And I'm sure I'm going to get made fun of for that. But this Walker headset, try it out. I'm going to try it out. I mean, they've said that every headset works different with different physical hardware. So I'm always going to give these a try. I didn't particularly like the Razors. I still love the Swordens. But when they add a new headset in, I think it's worth checking it out. So I will be checking the Walker out. We'll see if it works better than the Swordens for me. And my test area is always going to be factory. So I'll test it out on factory and I'll be sure to let everybody know what I think. I'm really curious on this one. I took a look and looked up the actual product page for the product in real life. It's a minus 26 dB reduction on the actual headset in real life with two omnidirectional headphones for enhancing sound. So I wonder if this is going to be actually not something that would be good for factory specifically, where you have to find those sounds. Maybe this will be better. But it doesn't matter then. <laughs> well, what I was thinking is it could be good for... Uh, shoreline or somewhere where there's lots of wind noise. This could be the answer to that lots of wind noise situation. But would you then not want to go into like the resort if you were wearing this because of the same reason that you wouldn't want to be in factory with it? Maybe. I'm not 100% sure. I guess it all depends upon, you know, some testing. But you, you have a good point. You're actually in Shoreline. You have to kind of pick your kit. Do you want to have an inside kit or an outside kit? And maybe this is part of that. Maybe they're saying, hey, this is one or the other and kind of going that, that direction. But that that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah. And, and there's other items in the game that do that already, especially when you're playing with other people. You know, I've been sitting in on some uh, raids recently, and I've always been fascinated by the gearing up process. And some of the uh, raid teams that I've listened to in the last week specifically, you know, they'll ask like, okay, who's bringing the Reaper this raid? Is anybody bringing an MP7, right? And they actually develop roles for who's going to do what, you know? So if you're an MP7, that means you're clearing rooms. If you're in the Reaper, that means you're standing back and, and watching outside. So I think it's really cool. If this headset works like you said it does, it would be kind of cool to be like, all right, hey, is anybody bringing in the Walker headset? Because maybe it makes sense for them to be outside holding a perimeter or something like that. Again, if it doesn't work for everyone's playstyle, that's okay. But if it adds something to squads or a specific playstyle but doesn't hurt the other ones, I think it's cool. So it'll be fun to test this new one out. That's that's kind of neat. I hadn't thought about it that way before. Oh man, you said something there. I can't I can't let it go. We're going to have to talk about this a little bit. Reaper? <laughs> you said that the squad is coming together and deciding who's bringing the Reaper, who's bringing this, who's bringing that. You know, it's interesting because it's almost like you're getting a mini raid team together to go take care of a problem. And with Tarkov, we've talked so much about PvE in the last couple episodes you almost have to plan, okay, my team, someone's going to bring the gun that can do this, someone's going to bring extra hearing for this situation or whatever. It just made my mind kind of go off in a totally different direction about how some of these items that are coming into the game could actually encourage that kind of play, where if you're in a squad, if you're in a four or five man group, whatever, you actually could have somebody in theory have the kit so they could hear good on outside and someone else could hear good inside. 
Someone's got the thermal. Someone's got the super long sight, right? Someone's got the, you know, just the Chad in your face, blow them up machine gun. I just, I just couldn't let that go because that that's actually a great point that these items could help create that kind of team play, which could be really fun. I actually agree. And the next items, which I'll tell you what they are and then explain why I totally agree with you. The next things we were going to talk about is they're adding in two new first aid items. And in the following section, there's a new feature being added about heavy blood loss. And this kind of goes into the same concept. And we hit this and my mind didn't really wrap itself around what this could mean in the future. I was just focused on how it affects the current game. And this heavy blood loss was like, oh my gosh, now we have to have another item for another slot. And oh my gosh, this really affects new players. They're going to have to worry about this. Yada, 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 right? We went down that line. But on the same topic of roles and who's bringing in what, there could end up being so many ailments in this game that you really can't bring in everything to stop everything, which truthfully, that's probably how real combat goes, right? There's a reason there's a medic. It's not that I don't, I don't know that anyone would want to play a combat medic unless it was a PvE scenario, right? Where you kind of knew what you were getting into. But this concept of heavy blood loss and, you know, there's armor plates coming in and all of this stuff, if it's customizable for PvE content, like they could just, oh, it could be so cool if there's more stuff than one person can handle and they create these these teamwork type things. Like what if you loaded into a raid and it sort of like randomly assigned what items went to who? Like, you know, you, you say, OK, I'm bringing this gun, but you don't pick out all of your stuff. And one person gets the survival kit. One person gets the, uh, you know, the hemostatic syringe. Uh, There's so much opportunity if they choose to go down the PVE route and create some instanced like content. And that's that's what all of this has me thinking because of these new systems. You know, I don't get excited about heavy blood loss. I think it's immersive. It makes sense. You know, there's times where you like destroy somebody's armor, you black out all their limbs, and they just do two hits on an IFAC and they're no longer bleeding. And it's like, uh, it doesn't really make sense with how realistic the ballistic stuff is in this game. So there's opportunity here. And I'm just curious to see where all of this goes, because my mind says the PVE aspect of this could be made really neat. I think we all can agree that heavy bleeding in and of itself as a mechanic is not something that we're going to be super excited for. Probably just going to fall into the realm of, okay, as long as there's good mitigation for it and it can create, I guess, some more immersion for the people that really love that, you know, fine. It's going to be a tertiary kind of thing. I love that idea, though, that if there was some kind of instance content where you just, you picked your gun, maybe even could pick the roles. I don't know. There's so many other things that could be done with the systems in PvE that would make it fun, you know, because fun is, you don't have to always just storm somewhere to have fun. You can do it many different ways in this game. So, That was a little bit of a rabbit hole there, but I definitely think that these items are leading us to a direction where it could easily be added or more easier be added, something like that. Yeah, so we kind of glossed over them, but there's a bandage that's being added. There's a syringe that's being added. And the whole concept is they stop heavy blood loss. You can also temporarily stop the heavy blood loss, I think I heard, with an IFAC. So who knows how long it's going to stop that. Maybe that's that fresh wounds thing. All the systems are already there kind of for heavy blood loss to be in the game. So it's going to be interesting, right? It's just something else that you have to think through and handle and decide how to do it. Uh, It could make combat scenarios where you take heavy damage a little bit more interesting. I'm going to say a little bit right now because I don't think heavy bleed's going to affect it tremendously. But depending on how much health you lose and how fast, it could make heavy damage scenarios a little more stressful and you know, overcoming those a little bit more impactful. So I'll be excited to check this out and see how it works. Um, Other things we're getting are, and I'm going to save the one that I have at the top of the list for last, uh, but we're getting uh, keybinds for fast backpack chucking, (laughs) discarding quickly. So there'll be a keybind for that so that you don't have to, you know, open your inventory and right click and click again, presumably. 
So that'll be nice, especially when you're overburdened and you get in a fight and you can just chuck the bag. That's kind of cool. I'm sure we'll see plenty of videos on Reddit of people chucking their backpack and it rolls or goes somewhere they didn't expect, which I'll be excited to see those. Uh, and then the other one is we've got some new um, a new water coming in that gives uh, hydration and energy called the Kvass, I think. Kvass? Kvass. I'm just going to get absolutely brutalized in the comments for my pronunciation. I should have let you take that one. Those are two more being added. And before we talk about the compass, anything jump out to you for uh, for those? I think that having a hotkey to discard your backpack quickly is a great thing because you don't necessarily always need to go through your entire backpack when you're getting rid of it real quick if you're in a fight. So I think that's a great thing. The blood loss feature that they're adding to the game where a wounded player could leave a trail of blood and it can be noticed by their PMCs. This to me seems super interesting. So you have to make a decision. Do you stop and heal right there? Or do you walk, try to find a seemingly safe place, but you leave the markers to find you basically on the floor? I personally am interested to see what this could possibly look like in, you know, different types of terrain environments. Like what if there was snow? You know, what if there was like on shoreline? What, what about the sand on the beach? All different kinds of options with blood loss, I think, could be super interesting with this. I'm so glad you brought that aspect of the blood loss up because I forgot about it. And I love this from a strategy standpoint, not only solving it from the person that's bleeding, but imagine the things you can do with this. And again, I don't know that you would do this in a real combat scenario, but imagine like shooting your teammate's leg so that it's bleeding and you're in like the bottom floor of labs and you have them like bleed a trail into a hallway and then you guys are, you heal it and set up on the other side. Like you could use this in crazy ways. And I, like, I don't know how long it stays there. Presumably it'll stay there until the end of the round. But this could actually open up some really interesting things from a strategy standpoint. And yeah, you brought up probably the most critical thing that you're going to have to think through as a player. Like, do I fix this so that I don't leave a trail or do I need to move even though people could track it to where I'm going. So it's super interesting. It's it's kind of like the whole, um, there's no snow map in Tarkov, but leaving footprints, right? You're leaving some sort of trail that if you're not looking for it, you may not see it. But for the keen of eye, you're going to have an opportunity to get some information you wouldn't otherwise get. So really, really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I totally forgot about that. I think it's going to add another new and interesting dynamic to the game, especially in buildings too. There's one other thing that they've never talked about, but wouldn't it be cool if you could actually like drag around bodies? Like, like that would be so cool. Let's say you kill somebody in an open area and you can move them into that bush or something. It's a, it's one of those like on the on the complete you know wish list type things, but move environmental objects too. You know, like what if you could move a box or something in one of the buildings, you know, that could maybe hide something. That's the next level of programming and development. I realize that's a tough thing to do to make the environment that interactable. They're not really designed to be like that. But I think that these types of systems that are like a result of the combat mechanics are things that make the game quite a bit more interesting. Yeah, I think the body one to me is fascinating because, again, you could use it strategically both in hiding of a corpse or using it as bait. And it sounds easy in my mind that, you know, however heavy the body is with its equipment gets added to your weight rating, and that's how fast you could move it, right? So there's that piece. The moving of objects that does it opens up a crazy amount of like vertical places that probably aren't coded to have people on them. You know, like there's probably a lot of like pictures of areas that aren't necessarily meant to be on so moving stuff around like i always think about using it to get to different vertical spots or getting in a ceiling and you know that's what people would do they're like oh if i can drive this box across the map so that i can get on top of this oh, i want to get on top of the you know the road that's above the railway expel on interchange or something personally i think that's a slippery slope and would require them to look at so many areas that were never meant to be touched that i don't know that that would be a good movement fascinating to think about but the body moving one i would be all in on that would be a fun one especially if it was like 
you know, you could get a teammate to pick up the legs or something like that'd be really kind of cool. Yep, I agree. Next thing you're talking about was expanding the woods map. I actually think this could be super interesting. I hate woods right now. It's not fun. (laughs) Yeah, woods is so rough right now. I think the best part about this that I heard was that it's going to be roughly two times the size. Like they're doubling woods. And to me, I don't even think it matters where that is. You know, I don't think they're just going to make it longer. I think it's going to be wider as well. To me, that just screams this map could be really fun. And it already can be fun. It's like my favorite map early in the white. Even into the mid game, it was fun. But now it's just like, you know, you're going to be getting sniped at. And maybe I'm just not good at woods. I don't know. But I don't find myself enjoying my time on there unless I'm getting a task done. Super rewarding to get a task done on woods now, but it's it's brutal for me right now. So this this I look forward to, and it sits in the same spot as customs for me. You know, customs was a map that once I got my tasks done, I didn't spend a lot of time there, and now I just enjoy going in as a PMC on customs. Um, I think they did a phenomenal job with that uh, expansion there, and now we're gonna have one for woods. So I have to say that they have done a really good job with their expansions, the reserve tunnel system, the customs expansion. That gives me high hopes for what we're going to see on Woods. Um, And then it it leads me to think that Streets of Tarkov is going to be really cool, too. So what do you think about Woods, though? What what do you hope for it as you heard about this? I have some specific hopes. I hope that they make it wider. The choke point between the lumber mill and the rocks and the fence is too small. It's just it's there's not enough room to rotate through there without getting sniped at. Usually if you're on the oh, I guess this would be on the right side of the map on the east side. It's, it's okay. It's a better play experience. On that side of the map, you can work your way. There's terrain features and work your way back through. But if you're on the left side of the map where the open scav area is, and then you have to try to make it to the, the extract, I guess it'd be in the bottom corner. Yeah. But if you have to try to make it to that extract, it's just rough. I mean, it's just, it's a flat field. And if someone's running the thermal, which they are, you're going to get sniped at and you won't even know where it's coming from necessarily. And so because of that, I'm hoping what they do is not necessarily take away the sniping because that's fine. That's part of the game. And that's a play style that is part of Tarkov. What I'm hoping that they do is offer a way to mitigate it a little bit by increasing the amount of natural cover and making the map deeper. So making that that extract maybe another thousand yards back, but instead of having open fields, maybe having more woods. And so there's more bushes, there's more dips in terrain, there's more rocks to get around, which means that instead of playing the sniping game, you're playing the I'm listening for somebody game. You know, it's a totally different game. And if they had that as an option to play in woods, I think I would like it better. It's just not fun right now to get picked off on woods and really not have a way to look back at that and say, what did I do wrong so I could get better? Yeah, that's the hard part is to learn woods. It's kind of like you've got to go in and find spots or figure out where people shot you from. And that's not always easy because the goal for them is to not let you see that. So it can be a feel bad. It's also a really fun map to do those long range sniper shots on. So, I mean, it's a double edged sword. It's just not one that I choose regularly to go in and have fun on. So like you, I'm hopeful that they expand it in a way that allows different play styles, some more area to roam around. And this is not a a 12.8 with the patch. This will be sometime after that, before 12.9. It's not tied to a patch. I think this could structure really nice. You know, we get these kind of quality of life upgrades in 12.8. And then sometime after that, we get the woods expansion and then 12.9 sometime after that. So it seems like the timing is pretty good for this. So I'll I'll be looking forward to that. I wonder if Woods will remain my favorite map to play in the early wipe with the expansion. And I'm really curious about Customs too while we're talking about it. I think Customs is going to end up being my favorite map to play post-wipe because what they've done to enhance Customs and just the difference in cover that they have, the terrain, the different ways that you can make your way through the map, and where the scav placements are, I find to be just super, super fun. Like, I don't really even care about the loot on customs. I've been just having a really good time going in and, and working my way through the map slowly. Like, I use the entire time. There's been a couple of raids where I get out and there's like a minute left. And I'm really enjoying myself on customs. So I think customs is going to end up being my, my new favorite map early game for sure. 
Nice. And I mean, and then they did talk about Streets of Tarkov and we hate to be the bearer of bad news for those of you that didn't watch the Tarkov TV podcast. Streets of Tarkov, they said, is not going to come out this year. They said that it is basically a combination of a couple of already existing maps and that it's just huge. So again, with what we've seen in, in past releases or past leaks, you know, Battlestate leaks and pictures and some of the design elements of it, in that video that they put out about it like it's gonna be awesome but i'm glad that they're not forcing it out i'm glad that they're making it right and so while i don't like that they keep pushing it back and that it's no longer this year i think that if they're going to put in a huge map and it's a combo of a bunch of different styles it's got to be done right or it could be really really bad for the player base i think Yeah, I agree. I would rather have them take their time, even if it means another couple of months, and release something that people really love. Because I think that Streets of Tarkov is going to be a real pivotal moment for Tarkov in the development of the game. When they release this, I think they've hyped this enough and that they have gotten so many people excited about this being really their final major push on playstyle game mechanics, environmental mechanics, you know, the big part of what's left for the development of the game. I'd rather have them take their time and really knock it out of the park with this than just push it out early and be apologizing later. Yeah, I I agree. And there's it's kind of bad, but I almost expect that to some extent. Like, And I think with a map that big and what they're trying to accomplish, like there's part of me that wants to give them somewhat of a pass when it comes out because of the size of it, but I also want to enjoy it. You know, so there's that like push pull of how much am I willing to put up with? So I think polishing it, optimizing it, I'm I'm all for everything. But again, they've made some of these maps bigger, especially customs gained a lot of area. And I didn't notice any, you know, performance degradation with the customs expansion. So to me, that's actually a really cool thing that, you know, customs didn't all of a sudden start running poorly. I didn't notice any change at all. And they added a boatload of room there. I agree. I don't think the customs expansion hurt customs at all. I think it really, really helped customs overall. And I'm a perfect example of that. I was someone who didn't play customs. I just didn't enjoy it. And I thought that it was a map that was kind of boring because it was so repetitive. There's only one way to play customs. And before, there really was only one way to do it. And the same thing, the same fights in the same places happened every single time. And it got kind of boring and it just wasn't fun for me. So now with this expansion and the variability that comes with having multiple lanes through the middle part of the map, it's great. I really enjoy it. It's one that I've actually had great success on in the last couple of weeks. So I think if they can do that with Woods, I would love to enjoy Woods, you know, because right now I don't. But I will say that I will give it a chance when they do complete the expansion of woods we'll definitely be in there playing and testing it so yeah that'll be fun to check out so the next one we're going to talk about may actually be the most useful after the woods expansion is released and that's the compass um the compass is coming and it's going to take up an inventory slot and there's uh, you know, it looks to be that it's going to be a action, um, kind of like a gesture. So it's going to take, you know, a couple seconds of your time. I think maybe four seconds I read somewhere or heard. You know, there was so much information in this, by the way, that it was like, I, you know, I, I don't want to mislead someone if I, if I have it wrong or if we got it wrong. But it looks like the compass is going to be a gesture that you pull it out, flip it open, check it out, and then you're going to be able to see the direction. And so... What do you think about this, man? What do you think about the compass? And specifically, what do you think about the action of reading the compass? I think the compass is great for probably duos or squads. I don't think I'll use the compass much playing by myself. I don't play a lot of duos or squads. I play a lot by myself, and I don't find myself needing to have a compass. Now, that could very well be because I learned how to play the game without one. So I think that it forced me to use landmarks quite a bit more. And so I learned the maps to a greater detail because of that. Having a four second use time with the compass feels weird, I guess, if I think about it, because let's think about a situation in which you'd use the compass. 
if you're in a group, right, and you need to say someone's firing at me from over in this direction, unless it's on the actual UI itself somewhere without being something that you inspect, which I don't know if it is or not. Yeah. I don't believe it is going to be out of the gate. You're getting shot at, you run for cover, you saying someone's shooting at me, you hit your compass button, four seconds later you say, oh, they're at like 65. Your partner then has to open up their compass for four seconds, swing to that direction, and then try to see. So you're, you've got like a eight to 10 second best case scenario transaction there, and I just don't see that ever happening. <laughs> you hit the one thing that I was really fearful of. And that no one really talked about. Like, well, if it's four seconds, yeah, you're going to open it up, which, you know, if you have your hand on your gun and then physically, like, I'm going to put my hand in my pocket, pull out my phone, pretend to flip the compass open, close it, put it away. Like, it's it's feasible that that's how long it takes, right? But I've only heard this in a handful of spots that the call will be something like he's at 75, 100 meters away behind a rock. And so you're right. If somebody else hears that, there's the time that it took to get the compass open and call it. Now, if it's two seconds to get the compass open and give the direction, that's when the communication starts. And so at two seconds, you start to hear what the call is. And then there's the second to digest that or however long it takes. And then the second to fumble through your key binds. And then the four seconds on the other one. So conceivably, it could be anywhere from six to 10 seconds to get that call in a squad situation. And it's really that it's always going to be a two, three or four part one. I think it's really good because from a learning standpoint, it's just going to make it easier. But to your point, anybody who learned the maps and has call outs with their group of friends, this isn't going to be a huge impact, but it also doesn't hurt them. It doesn't hurt me that somebody has a compass. In fact, I hope there's an animation and I can see someone looking at their compass. That would be hilarious, <laughs> right? Because then it's something that I can take advantage of. So I, I, I think it's a net ad. I don't really care how long it takes to look at the compass. It's always going to take them away from looking at the map. They're going to be focused on something else. And so in the receiving end of that, if I'm the person attacking the person looking at the compass, if I'm moving or rotating and they're giving a direction, it, again, it, you got to be really careful how you use this because in games that have it that I've played, you know, you say, oh, they're they're 210, they're off in the distance, and it's never super accurate. If they then show up 20 degrees off of that, you know, you told your partner exactly where to look. And sometimes when we get information, all we know how to do is look at that one area. And, and reasonably, like, we'll know that they could have moved either direction, but sometimes you get laser focused on trying to figure out what they said. Well, I don't see the rock. I don't see the tree. What do you mean the hill? And that's all of that is time that the enemy could be moving. So be aware that it is time. People usually don't stay put if they're spotted or they spot you. I think this helps with teaching and with squads. I think it's just a nice tool to have. So I, I, I think it's great. I don't think it breaks the game. And I don't think that solo players will ever use it unless they're new and learning. So I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent towards it, to be honest with you. I don't feel like it's bad or good. I'm not actually sure that I would use it. I might play with it just for the novelty of it. Once it's in game, it's a new button to push, which is always fun. But I don't really feel the need for it. Right now, the Tarkov maps aren't big enough, right? Where I feel like I get lost enough where I need this. That comes from the perspective of having a thousand hours now in game. Because of that, I, I have all the maps memorized. And I can see where a new player could reference a map that has directions on it, you know, especially directional positioning points like on shoreline, you're looking north towards the resort. And then you can say, okay, that means that I'm south of the resort. So I could look at the shoreline map and then look around and find my spot a lot easier than before. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I kind of indifferent. Yeah, I think that for solo players learning a map, it could be really, really nice because of exactly what you said. You find a landmark, you find it on your other monitor or your phone or wherever you have that map you're learning from, and you're like, okay, I see that thing, I'm here, and based on this map, which, again, they're not all to scale, so you got to take that with a grain of salt, but you can say, I need to head roughly 90 degrees in that direction or that compass heading, and I think that's going to just help get people around the map or at least heading in the right direction and feeling more confident about it. And I think that's the key to the compass is it just adds a level of confidence to where you're going if you need that 
extra confidence booster. And I think that's where it comes into play is if you need or want it, it's going to give that to you that little bit of comfort that I know where I'm going, I know which way I'm heading. So I'm all about it. I don't know that I'll use it a lot because I play almost exclusively solo these days. So yeah, I think that's great. Man, that's a lot of stuff. I didn't know how long it was going to take us to get through that, but we went for like almost an hour just <laughs> just on the changes. So I think if you didn't listen to the Tarkov podcast and you're getting the news here, things jump out to us that may not jump out to other people and vice versa. We may have skipped over something that you think is really important. And we want to know that like if we didn't hit something or we didn't attach enough significance to something like let us know in the comments, let us know in discord wherever because a goal for me when I look at this is like, how is this going to affect gameplay? So like armor and that kind of stuff, there's there's other classes, there's new guns. Um, I get really focused on like the compass, the inventory uh, sort you know, cosmetics, I don't really care about, uh, but blood loss and the strategy behind it. So that's kind of the uh, the lens that I look through this on. And I think there's some great, great, great quality of life changes that are getting added to 12.8. And I don't see anything that's like hurting a player or nerfing a play style. And to me, that's what's really cool. The one feature that could hurt a playstyle is the heavy bleed. People that like close quarters, heavy combat, the heavy bleed could make that interesting. And I'm curious how that plays out. I don't know if it's going to make it interesting better or worse, but it will probably affect, you know, high PvP players, people that seek out PvP all the time, especially labs and factories or people that rush into resort. It, it could make that more interesting. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, it could make it good, impactful, more challenging. I don't know. So that's the one that I'm most interested in seeing how it plays out. But there's a lot of stuff in this that's kind of exciting. I mean, this is a this is a great patch. I think it could be a great patch. So we want to hear from you. Today's question of the day, and let's talk about this in episode feedback in Discord or leave a comment on YouTube. What do you think the best change is for 12.8? We have so many different things being added, and there's a couple different things being tweaked. So I'd really like to hear, like, we have all different kinds of play styles. People have fun in Tarkov in a lot of different ways. So what do you think the best change is? And finally, as a public service announcement, stop sniping me on Woods, please. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I don't have anything else. Um, you know, we, we kind of joked about cultists before, and they've kind of alluded to maybe they're coming soon again. So not much to say there, but I'm excited for the patch. And uh, I will also echo your request that people don't snipe you on woods because I want you to have fun on woods. And uh, once you get that fulfilled on your end, let me know so that I can go play it more. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Well, I'm starting to see that green bar flash flashing above me which means it's time to run towards the smoke and hope that the Xville camper twitch guy doesn't get us as we we run towards the green smoke but before we do that we just want to say thanks for listening thanks for watching thank you as always for all of your five-star reviews on whatever platform that you consume the Xville on as a reminder please leave a five-star review if you haven't done that already and also join the Xville Discord, where if you're not in there already, we've got 1,500-ish people that are having a good time talking Tarkov, talking a couple other games as well. We're excited about what's coming out with XP Media in the next couple of months. There's all kinds of nerdy things that we're just excited to do and excited to share with you. But that's about it for now. So I'll just tell everyone like I always do, good luck with your raids this week, and we'll see you next time. Sounds good. See you, everybody.